How's it been going, Dan? Good, thank you. Good. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's the old skill sets coming back. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I mean, I mean, what what these in a while? What I love about modern day technology is like this right here is like the inside sleeve of an album. We get to hear your voice. We get we get to you know step inside your your thinking process of why this paragraph did this and why you're carrying the reader to this over here. And and, and this is this is what inspires other writers to become you know on, on a journey of readers. Oh, listen, it's it's what's you know, it's funny when you look at I'm comparing radio uh, with novels. People keep on asking me why you do comics. And I said, I want to do novels because you want to tell a story with words. And honestly, when you're on radio, you're telling a story with words um, and you're allowing everybody to visualize what you're talking about and see it. And, and I would say some people's imaginations are a hell of a lot better than the actual things that they look at. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun to do that, to be able to help create things for people in that fashion. So you totally believe in theater of the mind then? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, I always say that's I mean, if if you're a horror movie fan, I, I, I'm going to say the, the, the things that you anticipate or visualize that that's not shown on the screen are infinitely more horrible than anything they'll ever show on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> how does it move through you when when you're when you're creating characters that have superpowers? I mean, how, how do you come up with that discovery and then agree with yourself? OK, we're going to keep this. You know, it's it's what I do is I try to build the fantasy first based on some level of rules of reality, mm -hmm. meaning that, you know, you know, if somebody's able to fly, then you have to be true to that rule of flight of what it is and establish it and be consistent all the way through. So that way the world works. You don't constantly change the rules to to fit whatever story needs occur later on. So once you establish your guidelines, then you start to build the world around it. And when I built the book Hide or Seek, I built the world out. I wanted to know what the town was, who the people were. And then when they start to interact, they start to take on a life of their own because you can see how two people that you've developed might talk to each other based on their individual personalities created for them. Do you put the characters right there in front of you? Because I mean, when, when I'm putting together my stories, I'll I'll envision the the performer. I'll go to magazines. I'll say, okay, the Johnny Depp, you're going to be playing this role. Okay, uh, you're going to be playing this role. Do, do you do that with your characters as well? I, I do it sometimes. I mean, what you try to do is you try to create that template yeah. that at least you know you have a base to work from, but then you try to break it as much as possible so it doesn't feel like you're just lifting somebody else and putting it into your book. So I had a lot of places where I started with these characters that by the time they actually made it to page, they were different, but at least they evolved in a way that made sense mm -hmm. and they all behave in the way they should be throughout the entire story. Is that a fermenting stage? And what I mean by that is, it's when you, you, you get it down through stream thinking and then you come back to it a different time and a different mindset. Well, it's, it, it is because ultimately what you want to do, it, as I used to say this all the time, we used, every character starts as a stereotype. Mm -hmm. Everything starts as a stereotype because that's the easiest thing to recognize. And it's something that people recognize very quickly because people, whether you, whether you live or don't believe in stereotypes, people react to stereotypes very simply. The goal is to break that conceit. So you have to make sure you create something that's original or unique to your character. So that way your character stands apart and doesn't fit into a mold that any other character can fit into. You know, when I used to do comics, when I used to do comics, we used to have a, an old job where we used to get a script from a story and we used to cover up all the names of the characters. And then you would read the dialogue and you would have to recognize the character from the dialogue without knowing his name because then we know that that dialogue was unique to that character and it can only be spoken by him. Therefore, it was essential to be in the story and that character be in that story. Oh, I'm so into what you're saying. And the re and, and here's the reason why is because I won't watch music videos because I want my own interpretation. I want to hear it coming through those, those, those speakers or those earbuds. I don't want to watch a video. Yeah. 
Oh no, this is this is that's why the book was intriguing to me. I worked in I worked in animation for a number of years. I worked in comics for a couple of decades. So this was a real challenge to make sure that we were I was able to put down the words uh, that people can envision mm-hmm. what the story was about and see what I was trying to tell. See the same thing I was able to see, and that forces you to go back in and go in and and I and I, I had a really great editor on the book that constantly reminded me about where I needed to enhance ideas or where I needed to pull things back, but kept me on focus all the way through and really helped pull the book together. That's trust when, when you've got an editor that wants to work with you and, you know, and will have the, the guts to come up to you and say, I don't know, man, that, that I'm, I'm not feeling it. Oh, no, the editor, was, the editor was great because she immediately got what I was trying to do because the way the book is told, the story's told is through the eyes of Nick. Um, yes. As he as he's seeing things as you're seeing things and he's confused like you might can be confused. So you're on this journey with them every step of the way and you're uncovering and revealing things every step of the way with them. So much so that I actually had chapters in there that broke that conceit that we actually pulled out of the book because it ruined that narrative. And we wanted to make sure that narrative stayed from the beginning of the book to the very end. I'm so glad that you brought up Nick because in my notes here today, I go, the one thing I like about Nick is I feel like I'm part of his secret. And the thing is, is I've got to keep this secret and I can't tell it to anybody else. And I, and I feel like that with him being in the witness protection plan, it's like it gives me that opportunity to to become a part of his process. And like you said, the discovery. And it was that's made that was what made this story easy to tell in this fashion, because he literally is seeing everything for the first time and you are seeing everything for the first time with him. Mm. So when you walk into that, he gets into that town. He has no preconceived notions because he knows absolutely nothing about it. So therefore, we have to discover it all for it. We have to meet everybody for the first time and we have to make decisions along with them of who to trust and who not to trust. God, you you explaining that gave me visions of music from the 1950s and 60s when they would go into that studio and maybe have just enough time to record it once or twice. That freshness has always been there even today instead of recording it over and over and over again. So Nick going through this, like you said, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a new thing for us as well. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, it's it's also coming from my my own writing is that I, I was sort of I knew the direction of the story, but I but I can be honest with you, the story twisted and turned as I was writing it because the characters were taking me with them, and I was following mm-hmm. it with them, and I and I had ideas where I was going to go where I didn't do because it didn't make sense for for the characters that I had created and the story I was telling. In writing this book, I know that as an author, when you get to the final page and you're putting this thing together and, and the editor says, yeah, this is it. Put the stamp of approval on it. Did you go through a mourning period knowing that these characters aren't going to be with you like every moment of your day? You know what? I, I left it in a place where I was comfortable. I felt nice. they were OK, okay <laughs> for the most part. Um, but I, I, I felt I left it in a place where. I was comfortable, gave an interesting ending to the story, gave us an opportunity for more story potential, but I wanted to make sure that when people are reading a book, they feel that they got a complete experience and not just a portion of a story, you know? From one daily writer to another daily writer here, what 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 is the daily discipline? What what did you have to do to keep that muscle, you know, in in shape and without burning it burning it out? Uh, it, it's you know, it's it's a it's you know, I, I do. I realize I'm doing more writing than I've ever done before right now, yeah. which is probably a good thing. Um, and I honestly, I haven't really built that rhythm yet. Um, I sort of write till I burn out and then I shut down. <laughs> <laughs> shut down. It, it, I, I become numb, man. And I have to go for a long walk through this yeah. course because I've got to I've got to get get back in touch with the universe. 
Oh, absolutely. And I got it. And I got to recharge too, because mm-hmm. I, I'm really physically drained when, when a book is done. I'm like exhausted, happy to put it done. I don't even want to revisit it. I just want it over in a weird way. Yeah. And, uh, and part of me, you know, and I know I have other projects and things like that, but it, it, it takes a little while, a little while to recharge it. You know, I have friends that could write literally every day, a certain amount of words, certain amount of things. Um, I don't have that dis- discipline. It really comes from a, a fire inside. When I'm writing, I want to get it out and, and on a page, and I do. And when it's done, I, I sort of step away for a while and then regroup and then then attack something else after that. Do you have one of those middle-of-the-night, wide-awake moments where all of a sudden you, you your mind has created a scene and you, you've got to get it down because you know by morning you'll forget it? Absolutely. You know, I, I, I do a, I do a five mile walk every morning and yes. I bring my uh, bring my phone with me. Yeah. I bring, and, I, and I bring a little recorder. And I, and it's funny when you're walking, you think you have all these brilliant gems of ideas and all that. And by the time I get back to the house, it's all terrible. But it, it sort of gets you going. You know what I mean? It's sort of like I got to clean all the bad stuff out before you get to the good stuff. So uh, but it, it's it's a great way to to constantly rework the stories and ideas. I'm I'm, I'm always thinking in the middle of the night. No exception. I, I'm totally with you on on recording while you're walking because I call that defragging and and in those defrag moments these these little little seeds are all of a sudden when you go back and you listen to it you're going oh my god I didn't even know I even said that and it becomes that next inspiration right. oh I, it happens all the time for me because the better part is I do it on the notes section of my phone and it, it, so it translates what I'm saying so the better part is when I get back to the house and I can't understand how the translator worked and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what I was talking about <laughs> oh my god the pains of being a writer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, do you, do you see yourself creating a brand new universe here? Because the super the superpower protection program that to me sounds like we've got many many stories on the way. Oh yeah, I got. Like, you know what? In order for the world to work, I had to create the world, even if I'm not going to use it. That's just the way I work. So I had to ha- create the whole environment. I had to create the background. I had to create the stories. Had to create the situations and. Uh, there's little nuggets in the book that actually tie into things that bring you all the way back to the 1940s, um, but not anything that I ever planned to realize at the moment because it was just something I needed in order to build the context for the story I was telling. So I, I had all the contextual references around me, so when I'm doing the world, I could pull from spaces that might seem innocuous in the storytelling itself, but are actually essential to the world that, that I built. I love that because a lot of new readers or young, you know, young adult readers, when they when they grab a story like this, and you're talking about a completely different time period, it teaches them. It gives them an opportunity to go to Google, to go do their own research to see what's going on. Oh yeah, I, I have I have references to Patton in here, and I'm oh, wondering if, as I was writing it, I was like, I was like, people even know who Patton is, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but but the more interesting thing is when I was writing, and this is this was the one that with the editor, constantly looking at references more contemporary than older. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you know, a, a Libra to Beaver environment turned into Friday Night Lights, so that people would get the same sense of reference and the same sense of ideal for where the where the story was. <laughs> but, but that's a brilliant shape of texture, though. To me, that that really you know that sharpens the skills of the reader as well. And and isn't that what what Mark Twain always wanted to do was was to create better readers? Oh, you know, and that's the that's the fun part. I mean, and the fact that people are reading the books, that's what gets me the most excited because there's a level of involvement that takes place in reading. And the and as I say to everybody, 
one thing when you're reading it, whether it's a comic book or a book itself, you're controlling the speed of the narrative. Mm -hmm. So you can read as slow or as fast as you want. Somebody's not dictating that to you. So you can really take your time and enjoy it and pull out every nugget, or you can zip through it just to get the overall essence of the story. That's your choice. Um, and it's the way you choose to read, which I think is great because the book works on both those levels. You, it's a nice, easy, breezy read. You can really get a sense of fun with it. But if you take your time, there's a lot of things hidden that if we go forward, you'll be able to find out what this world is because a lot of the seeds of that world are in this book. You know how comic fans and collectors are. It's To me, the fingers have to speak. And that what I mean by that is it's got to feel the glossiness of the outside cover. It's got to feel the texture of that paper on the inside. Did you th- keep that in yeah. mind while you were putting this book together? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, I was always, I'm, I'm the analog guy in, uh, when I was working at DC, I was, I was, I was partnered with Jim Lee and he loved the digital world and I loved the physical world and I still love the physical world. Mm-hmm. Like, um, today is our day. The book comes out. And for me, that's super exciting because people can actually get it, hold it in their hands and thumb through that's it, it. And, and read the blurb, look at the cover and get the whole experience because there's something fun about that tactile experience, especially in a world now that we're on our computers constantly, you know, to do everything. Even our jobs are on computer now. So if you want to disconnect and unplug, the best way to do it is with a book in your hand. I would love to see the research and how long it takes a reader to get into the book, because I know that when I pick up a comic book, I've got to hold it. I kind of page through it, like you said, because I'm about ready to go into this world and I've got to prepare myself mentally to step in there because I know I'm going to come out a different person on the opposite side. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's I mean that's the thing too. There's so many choices out there too that you really want to focus and build and get into the place that really is the place you want to exist in. Um, you know, because right now I did my book. I'm also working with Frank Miller. Uh, we started a small comic company, he and I, and we're actually publishing our books right now. And Frank's doing a series called Ronin. I created a series called Ancient Enemies. Again, God. another world. But the fun part is Ancient Enemies is a completely different world than the world I built for Hide or Seek. And it was great to create two different worlds and two different sensibilities and, and make them all stand on their own, but still play within the realm of superheroes, which is something I enjoy. How do you mentally keep in shape? And, and let me, I'll give you a good example. When, when I voice track for stations across the country, I, I, I'll do like six different cities. I don't know where I am by the end of the day. How do you, how do you know where you are if you're doing all this work like that? Because it, it, it's what I said before. It's like when I burn out, I burn out, and then yeah. I start fresh. And when I start fresh, I can enter this brand new world. And that's ultimately what I have to do. I don't stay in the same place too long. <laughs> <laughs> I constantly move back and forth. To keep it. Yeah. What is your fresh. fuel? Because I mean, that, you know, creative people need some sort of fuel. I, I'll do almonds. I'll do you know. Sure, I drink drink the coffee and stuff like that. But a creative mind needs fuel. Oh yeah. Well, for me, it's, it's constantly challenging myself and constantly trying to do better. Um, you know, it's funny. I worked in TV, worked in animation and we used to get a show done and it was almost good. It was almost perfect. And then we had to send it because it had to be on air. So you had to basically shut it down and and move on. Yep. And you, we used to say to ourselves all the time, we'll get it the next episode. We'll get it the next episode. We'll get, so this is constant challenge to get it right and constantly trying to improve yourself. And that's something you get from comics, too, because with comics, just like TV, you don't get a chance to sit there and pat yourself on the back and sit there and take all the praise. you got to put another thing out the next month, <laughs> yep. you know, so it's, it's just for a job well done. You, even yourself, if you're on the radio, great show yesterday. What are you doing tomorrow? Yep, <laughs> you know, yep, yep. it's like that. 
You know, and it's when you build that discipline and when you work to that speed, you, you, you it's more about what are you doing next than what have I done in the past? You know? Yeah. What I do with uh, students of broadcasting that are that are growing into the business now is I, I look at them that the opening days in class and I'll say, you've got to give yourself permission to suck. OK, now you're going to go in there and you're going to go in the room. You're, yeah. you're going to suck, but grow from being someone who sucked in that moment. Yeah, and and it, and the, the the real trick is never stop growing. Yeah, never sit back. You know, um, you know, and you know, like I said, I'm working with Frank Miller. Both Frank and myself have enough of a career that we don't need to make any more books. You can right. sit back and enjoy the, the the past creations you had. But it's that challenge of being a creator and trying to improve yourself, and not just resting on what you did, but still showing that you still have the ability to create new is what keeps a, is a big motivator. Is that going to put you on the Comic-Con tour? Are we going to see you here in Charlotte soon? Uh, you know what? I'm, a, I'm actually, I'm actually on a real heavy Comic-Con convention tour right now with, with, with the company that we started Frank Miller presents. We're only putting out two to three books per month in a market that puts out about 200 books a month. Yep, so yep. even with Frank's name as the title, it still gets lost in the crowd. So we're actually out there right now, hand selling books in conventions, getting a chance to meet the fans. You'd be surprised how many people are about hearing about us for the first time. Um, and there's nothing better than to actually have a book to be able to hand to somebody, let them look through it and see them want to buy it. I mean, that, that's a really good feeling. It's There's something really rewarding about that. And at the same time, I'm actually out there looking for artists because yes. Frank also wants to work with helping find new artists and finding ways to take the craft and knowledge that he learned and move it into new people and, and move it forward. And uh, that's another part of our, our job here. And like I said, we're, what we're doing is a passion project. It's a lot of fun. Just like Heart of Seek is, is fun for me. These I, I do things because I enjoy it um, and we'll continue to enjoy it. And um, I get excited. I get excited when other people read it and <laughs> having people talk about something you wrote and react to it. Is is there's no better feeling in the world? You got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Dan. The 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 door is always going to be open for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks so much. You know, once you get me started talking about this stuff, I can't stop. So I appreciate (laughs) the time. Oh, I I feel your passion, man. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much, man. A pleasure talking to you too.